When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. McFarland, McFarland Energy, thanks so much once again for sponsoring the Brad Foe Show. And it's a historic day in the Brad Foe Show podcast community because, in case you didn't know, we are part of another podcast network, and that is the Baseballs and Boring Podcast Network. Uh, thank you, Odyssey Daily National Baseball, Baseballs and Boring. Boom, boom, boom. Listen, you want to talk baseball? Let's talk about it. And with the Bradfoe show, we're not going anywhere. We're going to keep cranking them out. All of us, all the Bradfoe show family, we got a good thing going. So why stop now? Very Red Sox centric, obviously. But, you know, obviously linking together the Bradfoe show and baseball isn't boring when uh, it fits, when it fits. But today is Bradfoe show. Today is Raphael Devers talk because people love themselves some Raphael Devers talk. And how I want to tie it in is with Bryce Harper. So obviously Bryce Harper hits the home run and everyone screams and yells and says, oh my goodness, it's the best free agent contract of all time. 13 years, $330 million. Great. All right. Hey, listen, you know, no doubt about it. It has been probably a good free agent contract. I don't think there's any question about it because you had the guy who you sign be the, the main character and leading you to a World Series. There you go. And you look at his numbers. You look at Bryce Harper's numbers during the first four seasons of this contract. 285, 950 OPS, 106 homers. All good. All among the best in the major leagues over that time. But also, like, let's not forget here. The Phillies in games that Harper has played, 236 and 230. So it's not like... This, this contract has has propelled them to great heights over the last four years. They have hit the uh, good streak at just the right time behind or on the coattails of this guy. So a case can be made that this is a good contract. The best contract? No. Come on. Come on. But it does open the door to the conversation when it comes to Rafael Devers. Anytime you have a Rafael Devers-type player – you're going to have to allocate a lot of years, a lot of money, and that becomes an interesting conversation. Is it worth it? I love the term, maybe because I coined it, but you don't run isolation for outfielders. In other words, in basketball, you can get a, a player or two, run isolation for them, you can carry you. Great, fine. You can actually get to the finals or get close to the finals with that those one or two players. Baseball, not the case. And also with baseball, plenty of examples where teams have fallen all over themselves in an act of desperation to sign a guy and give him a ton of years, a ton of money. And even when the guy does produce, hello, Mike Trout, it doesn't always work out because it eats up so much of your payroll. You don't have the farm system. You don't have the support system. The other nine guys playing that day aren't any good. I mean, just look at the Trout situation. Look at the Angels. The Angels are the, the perfect example of this. And it's partly because of the Trout, 
And Trout is obviously a really good player, one of the best players in the major leagues. And he makes up 19% of the Angels' payroll. All right, fine. If you wanted to say, Mike Trout, here's your money, $35 million a year, uh, going through 2000, year 2030, fine. You know, okay. But that's the problem, is that it's not just Mike Trout. Mike Trout, as he said, almost makes up 20% of their payroll. You have another guy alongside him, alongside him in terms of the payroll, and that's Anthony Rendon. Like that has been the disaster. He makes up 19% of the payroll. So the overall arching point here, and we are, by the way, we aren't even talking about Otani, who is going to get paid like crazy. And if you want to sign him to a deal, you're probably talking about three guys. Let's just say that they keep the same thing. The Angels are probably talking about keep it having three guys make up 60% of their payroll. Like, that is hard to function that way. It just is, especially when you don't have a good farm system, especially when you don't have good players around them, young players around them. And we're going to get to that in a second. But Anthony Rendon, I mean, that that is a complete disaster. It's a complete disaster. So what does this mean in terms of signing guys to long-term deals? Should you do it or shouldn't you do? Well, let's go back to Harper. Harper really actually only makes up about 10% of their payroll right now. So what does that tell you? They're spreading it around. They're not saying, oh, this is the be-all, end-all. Because when you talk to people about big contracts, one of the things is, is they say, you you sign a deal, and, and as long as there's no budgetary constraints, as long as there's no luxury tax issues, the thing that you have to worry about, does this stop us from doing things that we need to do? All right? So Bryce Harper, it hasn't. I mean, they signed Schwarber. They signed um, Castellanos. They signed Brad Hand. They, they keep signing guys in large part because he only makes up, Harper only makes up 10% of the payroll. It's a manageable figure spread out over 13 years. Okay. So what does this mean in terms of signing a guy like Rafael Devers? Well, one of the things you have to factor in, there's two things you have to factor in besides the actual player and whether or not they're going to be good. Let's just assume that Rafael Devers is going to continue to be good. Okay. He's, he's signing, he would sign this extension around the same age, 26 years old as Harper signed his deal. That's obviously a, an age where teams feel a lot more comfortable in paying somebody. So let's assume that he's going to be good. Another part of this is what does he mean to the overall financial health of an organization? And I'm not talking about percentage of the payroll. I'm talking about shirts on the kids' backs. I'm talking about selling tickets. To me, a guy like Otani is far worth far more than a guy like Trout. Why? Because people come to see Otani. It's not about, oh, is he a better player or isn't he a better player? They're both elite players. But Otani just drives the bus when it comes to these guys. Or I'm sorry, when it comes to these teams or the Angels and how much money they are making off of this player, whether it's tickets, whether it's you know attention, whatever it is, you have to factor that in. And when it comes to Devers, and same thing with Bogarts, those guys are the guys that the little kids are running around with the Raphael Devers jerseys on. And that means something. That means when they say, who's your favorite player? It used to be Mookie. Now it's Devers. All right? Maybe Bogarts, but I still think probably, probably Devers. All right, so you have to factor that in. What does it mean for the business of the franchise? And for Rafael Devers, 
the business, it's a good thing. It's a, it's worth paying the money for. It's worth ownership getting involved. Saying it's important that we keep this guy instead of spreading it out and and perhaps getting production here and there and there and there. If you know you're going to get production from the guy, it's all right to have the foundational guys who are also the faces of the franchise, who are also the ones people come pay the tickets to see. All right. And now we get into the actual health of the on the field product. And Heimbloom, when I sat down with Heimbloom, he said that, you know, that they could not, they were not comfortable going above and beyond for Mookie Betts, certainly to the level the Dodgers ended up, certainly not to the levels that Mookie was asking back then, because they, this is what Heim Bloom said, because in order to do those deals, you have to have a healthy, really healthy farm system. And they didn't feel like they had that. In other words, they, you have to feel like through the prime years of these, this guy that you were going to have a good team around him with a bunch of controllable players. He signed the Dodgers. The Dodgers keep signing guys, Freddie Freeman. You go down the list, uh, Mookie Betts, you know, before that Trevor Bauer, they signed these guys because they have the money, but be also they understand that they can allocate that money because they have the farm system and they can keep it manageable with these guys coming up. The Red Sox didn't feel that way. Now, flash forward to right now where Heim Bloom says we are in a much better spot to sign a deal that it would necessitate that getting keeping Rafael Devers because we feel better about our farm system. Are they where the Dodgers are? No, they're not. And it's not the first time that I heard this sort of narrative. When I went down to the GM meetings, I talked to AJ Preller, GM for the Padres, after they signed the Machado deal, 10 years, 300 million. And I asked him about that dynamic. And that was the thing he said. And actually, he said Machado, in their interview process, when they were wooing him, they said that Manny said, was asking about the farm system, asking about the young players. They knew that they had the Tatis coming up and some of these other guys. So they knew that that was an important part of this equation. And I think that's what Heim Bloom's saying here as well. We can say, all right, we have Trevor Story for this money. We have potentially Xander Bogart for this money. We have Devers for this money. We have a lot of money tied up in these three guys, along with whatever is left for Chris Sale. Okay, but you're able to control the rest of the roster. Let's just play this out. Tristan Casas under control for a long time. The catcher situation, under control for a long time. Outfield situation, potentially under control. You're on a one-year contract with Kike Hernandez. You're probably going to make another move, I would imagine, trading something for right field. And then you have Verdugo, who's still you know, under control and at a manageable rate right now. They'll, they'll see if he's going to be dealt. So you have all these guys. And then we aren't even talking about the Marcelo, the high-end prospects, Marcelo Meyer. Little bit below him, Miguel Blaze, a guy, an outfielder who shows all kinds of promise, has star written all over him. You have Brian Bayo, a guy who can slot into the rotation. So that's another spot. So, and you have obviously Whitlock, you have Hauk, you have uh, Schreiber, if he can, continues to keep rolling along. So you have these guys and Brian Mata. I mean, I could keep going down the list here, but they have some guys who could potentially come in and do and give the sort of hope that Acasas or Abeo gave at the end of the year. That's important when signing these deals. So is it worth it? In recap, I mean, I know it's easy to say, well, you had Rafael Devers and you finished last, so what's the point? Still, you can't look at it that way. If the Phillies looked at it that way, 
they would have been a year ago, two years ago, even three years ago, they'd be like, oh, what did we do with the Harper deal? Now it's working out. Now you have a guy who not only is producing in the big moments, not only has produced on the field, but the community is rallying around. He is the face of the franchise, and that is good, good, good for business. So some teams, I mean, they swung in a miss at this whole dynamic. You look at the Angels, we already mentioned them. You know, you look at the Tigers, you look at the Rangers. The Rangers – a huge 40% of their payroll locked up in the two guys they signed last year, Sager and Simeon. We'll see if that works out. So, but you know, you have to have all the things that we factored in. And I would say this about the Rangers and I would love to talk to some of the Rangers. Maybe we will the baseballs and boring podcast. Do these guys, are these guys selling tickets? Are these two guys, the type of guys that say, hey, you know what? These are the faces of the franchise. Everyone's going to be walking around with Marcus Simeon jerseys. I don't know um, if everyone's going to be walking around in Detroit with Javi Baez jerseys. My guess is no. No, my guess is no. Same thing with Eduardo Rodriguez, old friend Eduardo Rodriguez. But, you know, I don't know if people are going to go out and buy his jersey anytime soon in Detroit. And also, you need the production on the field. Didn't get it from either one of those guys. All right. So, in synopsis, I wrote this. The last paragraph of the column I wrote, Devers locking him up wouldn't seem reactionary, desperate, just smart, the kind of smart the Phillies are currently basking in. That's it. I mean, I think that that's it. I might be wrong. I don't know. But instead of just saying, sign Rafael Devers, sign Rafael Devers, eh, you know, let's let's look at this through the prism of, of what it actually means to a team. And, you know, I think using Harper as a jumping off point, not a ba- <clears throat> not a bad way to go. All right, Bradford Show, subscribe, rate, review, listen, all of it. Appreciate it. Go back and listen to the Who Says No Wednesday. It was a good one, a really good one with Jeff Runnels. I mean, just uh, Ox, a big Sox guy, at Big Sox guy. Had a great Otani trade. I I love the Otani trades. Who doesn't? So go check that out. We have more on the way. Go check out the new podcast, Baseballs and Boring. Appreciate everybody. We'll keep them cranking out. Listen, just because the World Series is almost over, that just means the offseason's just beginning. And that just means another wave of baseball just in a different form. All right. Thanks, everybody.